Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, animal lovers, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'm thrilled you're listening to our show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. In the past, I've mentioned that I support companies that take a cruelty-free approach to their products. And one of the most amazing companies in this regard is the John Paul Mitchell Systems Salon Products Company. The co-founder, John Paul DeHoria, is a huge animal advocate, and his nonprofit, John Paul Pet Pal, is making huge strides into helping to care for dogs of deployed military personnel so that no pets need to be given up. It's a pretty amazing program, and Gina Dial, the VP of Sales and Marketing for John Paul Pet Pal, will be stopping by shortly to tell us all about it. And after our halftime break, Robin Ganzert, the President and CEO of the American Humane Association, will be sharing some terrific stories about the animal stars who are watched over and kept safe by her wonderful organization. So stay right where you are, and we'll begin after a very quick message from the station here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'm delighted to introduce our first guest of the morning. It's Gina Dial, the Vice President of Sales and Marketing for John Paul Pet Pals. Good morning, Gina. How are you? I'm good, Marie. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, and I'm so excited that you're on the show because I've been a huge fan of the John Paul Pet Pals program for a long time. You guys are involved with so many wonderful uh, everything for animals. I'm at a loss for word. <laughs> <laughs> we do quite a bit. <laughs> yes, you do. So let me start off by asking you to explain to the audience what exactly is John Paul Pet Pals. John Paul Pet Pals, uh, which uh, the PALS stands for Passionate Animal Lovers, is one of the programs that are under the umbrella of One Million Pet Adoptions. And it is simply a volunteer program um, that we have set up that feeds into each of the other programs. And I guess I probably should explain the One Million Pet Adoptions. Sounds like a good jumping off point. Yeah. Um, it's a funny thing. We were working uh, with Seth Castile last year on uh, One Picture Can Save a Life, and we traveled around the country to rescues and shelters, and we taught the rescues and shelters how to do quick cleanup with John Paul Pet grooming products. And then Seth Castile, who is the author of the Underwater Dogs books um, and photographer, would teach them how to take a great picture so they could upload those photos onto PetFinder.com oh, or any nice. of the other or, you know, ways that you could view um, shelter pets online. Wow. And so we did that, and we thought, you know what, we want to do something else. We want to do something more. And uh, John Capra, who is one of the co-founders, said, we want to do one million pet adoptions. And so we said, okay, how are we going to do that? And so we worked with a lot of different organizations, and we continue to do that today with Best Friends, Found Animals, 
uh, just to name a few. Mm -hmm. And we work with the Petco Foundation on the National Adoption Weekends in Petco stores as well. And what we do is we provide product to the shelters and rescues who are attending the National Adoption Weekends, bringing the pets in to be adopted. We, we give them the products so that they can be cleaning the pets, uh, interacting with the pets, making them look good, smell good, feel good. And the um, consumers, as they're walking through Petco and they're uh, you know, looking at these shelter pets, are getting a better idea of how the pets behave and how they interact because we're doing all of this. And plus, we're making them look really good. Right. And when a pet looks good, they're more likely to be adopted. Exactly, and they feel better as well. I mean, oh, they're sure. just, it, we're we're a, a lot about the animals and and what can we do to help them, and um, so that's the we created that particular program, and we have that program available for any retailer who would like to um, do an adoption event at their store. Uh, we work with them. We find the best day, the best time. We link them with the shelter, and then we provide the product so that the shelters can clean up the pets while they're. Um, at the retailer waiting, you know, for people to come by. And, oh. and it's the same exact thing that we did in Petco. We now de- do that for any independent retailer, anybody who wants to do it. So that's, how, how would a pet re- retailer get in contact with you to set this all up? They can go to the John Paul Pet website. And there are big buttons on there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) One million pet adoptions, click here. And it gives you all the information on how to do that. And we have a person who, uh, really a real person that they talk to so that they can uh, coordinate this program. Oh, that's beautiful. And then we have another program under that same umbrella, and it's called Adopt a Shelter. And that program is for someone, let's say it's an office uh, uh, group of people who work in an office, or let's say the Girl Scouts. We're working with the Girl Scouts next year with this program. Oh, cool. And so what we're doing is we will custom make a program for, let's say, a Girl Scout troop in a particular city, in a particular zip code, wants to do this program, wants to go to the shelter and help the animals, walk the animals, groom the animals, and help to take care of those animals for a period of time. We will set that up. And we will create the program, and let's say the troop goes there once a week for an hour for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. This helps the scouts get their pet badge, ah. and it also uh, we also will give them a certificate at the end for each one of the girls who participated, and they will have a frameable certificate that says that they uh, worked so many community hours and they were helping the pets and. And, you know, it's signed by John Paul DeJoria and John Capra. And it's it's a really nice little accomplishment. And so that is available for anybody, the Lions Club, the Rotary Club, anybody who doesn't have a place where they could actually bring the animals to for an adoption event, we will set up a program so you can go to the shelter. That is so cool. Who comes up with all these fabulous ideas? Well, we... we, uh, we it's it's a group effort. We sit down and we think, you know, what can we do? It's always about what can we do for the animals, and that always leads us in the right direction. And you're also doing for people, too. I understand you have a special program that's helping our military personnel who are being deployed overseas and who are faced with a terrible situation of having to give up their pets, and I think you're stepping in on that, aren't you? We are. Um, you know, we used to send products overseas to the canine troops to take care of them um, through a third party um, because we couldn't do it directly with the military. And so we did that a lot until, uh, you know, they brought a lot of the troops back and, uh, and a lot of the dogs came back. And that sort of fizzled, uh, fizzled out. 
And we were looking for something because both John Capra and uh, John Paul DeJoria um, have served in the military. Oh. And so it's very, very near and dear to their hearts and uh, to mine as well. And I came across a program, and it's called Dogs on Deployment. And it's really two soldiers who came up with this, a husband and wife. Um, and they were being deployed, and they had two beautiful Australian shepherds, and they just didn't know what to do because they didn't know none of their relatives could take them for them until they came back. And so they finally found some friends. And so when they got back, they said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to create a program so that when a soldier gets deployed, that we will find a foster family to take the, um, the their pets for them. So when they come back, they can have them. And plus, you know, the foster um, parent can set up a Facebook page so that the soldier can see his pet, you know, from overseas. Yeah. He can, you know, dial in, see how he's doing. And so it's a great way to keep in touch. And plus, you know, these, these um, the, fa- it, it, the pet is in a family situation. So, you know, he said, well, what can we do about that? And how can we help them? And so they're a 5013C. They're totally volunteer. So what we're going to be doing is putting onto all of our bottles of pet shampoo from our grooming line um, a hang tag, and it's going to talk about dogs on deployment. And it's going to talk, it's going to be there so that the soldiers will know because, you know, it's not easy for the soldiers to realize that this is available. And so the soldiers uh, will. It will be a hang tag about the program, letting the soldiers know. Yes, you call these. You can call these people. They will help you find a foster family, and then also for the civilian population, so that they know that they can offer to be on that list, and they can foster a pet for a soldier, which I just think is the most patriotic thing you can do. Oh, absolutely! I love that idea. And how long has it been in the works now? We are working on uh, the actual artwork now. It only happened a few months ago, and we just jumped in, called them up, and they were thrilled uh, because, really, we we just want to get the word out. All We want to help them get the word out on what they're doing because it's such a great program. If one of our listeners wanted to volunteer and help out with this program, how would they do that? They can go to Dogs on Deployment, um, and they can click on uh, – if you want to be, there's a button there that says if you'd like to be a foster parent. Click on this button and you fill out all the information and then they have you on the list. They do a lot with Facebook. You, um, if you can like them on Facebook, if you are connected on Facebook, you will see that the animals come up, you know, and it will say this, you know, uh, we need a family for this dog in this city, in this state, contact here. So you can keep track of that, and I generally will see that on my Facebook page, and then I'll send it to somebody I know in that state or that city and say, hey, you think <laughs> that maybe you could foster this pet? You know, so I kind of I kind of help it along. And nobody can say no to you, right? That, that's right. <laughs> You're the animal person in all of their lives. <laughs> I certainly am. <laughs> Gina's calling. She wants us to foster. That's right. And uh, listen, if you do this, I won't bother you until, you know, the, the soldier comes home and then the next time. But at least you have nine months to a year without me trying to get you to, to foster an animal. Oh, wow. You know, what I love about this whole company is, I think it goes way back with coming out with products for people that were not tested on animals. And I think that just opened the floodgates of doing all these other animal advocacy activities, which is just amazing. So you have a human line of salon products and you have an animal line of 
animal salon products. It's just amazing. <laughs> it's so much fun. And, you know, we have some great taglines, um, one of which is tested on humans first. That usually gets a huge <laughs> reaction from people. So we, we use that with our pet shampoos and our wipes. And, yes, they're all tested on humans first. In fact, you know, the Paul Mitchell line has 30 years of research behind it, and when they came out with the John Paul Pet line, a lot of that research, you know, based on the ingredients and the botanicals uh, was used, and then, of course, we, uh, you know, we moved it over into the pHs that were, that were correct for the pets. And so the products can be used on dogs, cats, and horses, and uh, we also have heard that they use them on ferrets, and lizards and all kinds of different animals. And so um, the John Paul Pet product line is really out there and being used everywhere. Now, are these in most pet supply stores or are they online? How would somebody find you the can, product? Uh, you can Google them online. We have a lot of online retailers. We are available in Petco nationally okay. um, and uh, Pet Supplies Plus. And uh, we're, uh, you'll start seeing us more and more in the, um, the independents and in general uh, merchandise stores, and uh, we're going to be everywhere because what has happened is the retailers have found out, especially the large chain retailers, have found out about these programs, and they love it, and they say, we want to do that. We want to do that, and so we are getting out there as fast as we can and getting the product in there and then getting them uh, into the program so that they can bring in the uh, shelters and rescues and we can get these, uh, these dogs and cats. Uh, adopted out and into homes and families. That is just fabulous. And I thank you so much for sharing this great story with our listeners today. You're welcome. Thanks so much, Marie. You are welcome. And we need to take a very quick break now. But when we return, Robin Gansert, the CEO of the American Humane Society, has some great stories to share about the animal actors her organization protects on movie sets. This and more just ahead after a quick message here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show, and joining me now is probably my favorite person in the animal advocacy world. It's Robin Gansert, the president of the American Humane Association. Good morning, Robin. How are you? Good morning, Marie. I'm great. How are you today? I'm doing really well, too, and I'm so excited. I just read a book that's all about animal actors, and I think you've been involved to a certain extent. <laughs> I sure have. Our new book, Animal Stars, is is now out, and we couldn't be more proud. It's been a labor of love, that's for sure. Well, I saw the cover, and it had a photograph of Richard Gere and a cute little Akita puppy, and I immediately knew what movie that was. It was about the dog who pined away for his owner who passed away and waited every single day at a train station for his beloved master to come back. And and you were involved in that movie? Yes, that is Hachi. Hachi, and what an incredible story. Uh, and, you know, it's so interesting because when we were doing our work in Fukushima, I went to the train station to see the sculpture that they had dedicated in Japan to this dog uh, because this dog's memory still lives on in Japanese society. And I thought the movie that Richard Gere made with this precious pup was uh, 
so powerful, so poignant, and uh, every time I watch it, I have to have tons of tissues. Oh, me too. <laughs> I don't think I've ever cried so much during a movie, <laughs> but I still loved it. It was fabulous. It is fabulous. Really a great story about the human-animal bond, and, and that's why we wanted to uh, to put this book together. You know, folks who watch these kinds of beautiful animal movies like War Horse and and uh, of course, you know, you see, you see the adorable cat in, in Meet the Fockers, which oh, is gosh. just hilarious. <laughs> and you see even those people who love snakes, you see Kitty and Snakes on the Plane. And, uh-huh. You know, people have always asked, well, what really goes on behind the scenes? And so we thought we would put these charming stories together and, and share them with all of America. So you really get to see the inside scoop of how you train a, a snake for Snakes on the Plane and and how that beautiful pup Hachi worked uh, so beautifully with Richard Gere. Wow, and you guys are always there making sure all of the animal actors are well taken care of and have everything they need so that they have a, a safe and healthy and happy production period. That's right, that's right. Our our legacy program has been around now. We're entering our 75th year. Wow. 75 years. And, you know, we have covered just last year alone over... 4,000 animal action days uh, around the globe. That is amazing. That's a lot of days in one year. Our our reps go everywhere to monitor the safety of these animals when they're filming those incredibly powerful scenes. And this book just kind of gives you the the behind-the-scenes. Hachi, you know, was played by animal star Chico. Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, and Chico... uh, uh, was an incredibly interesting dog. Traditional Akita-like uh, behaviors it took him a while to bond, but boy, when he bonded with his trainer, powerful, and he still lives with him now. I just think it's a beautiful story. Ah, uh, that is very cool. You know, I always wondered, do animals get confused when they're called by their character name rather than their real name? <laughs> That's a great, great question. Well, these animals are really trained by their trainers for other types of cues. So, you know, we think it's it's the character saying hello to Uggy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just all about the cues that those trainers use behind the scenes to get them to perform their mark. So regardless of the name, uh, they're looking for their trainer right behind the scenes to, to uh uh, to walk them through their marks. And I think there's one great, great quote in here was uh, from one of the uh, Hollywood's leading directors, and he said, you know, his animal stars, he fell in love with them always, and they never missed their cues. <laughs> <laughs> never had to do second takes with animal stars. They always got it right the first time oh, around. that's funny. So, so a lot of people might think it's hard to work with animals, and you'd probably have to take multiple takes with animals, but, but you're saying they're actually pretty good, more professional than the people. <laughs> well, they, they certainly, when they're, when they're so well-trained, they know they want to get it done, and they often get these incredible rewards from their trainers for, for doing a job uh, well done the first time, especially. You know, one of my favorite stories in this book, uh, Marie, is about Casey the Bear, who served as the inspiration for the Jungle Book Bear, Baloo the oh, famous bear in the yeah. Jungle Book. Okay. And do you know he would only work for Kentucky Fried Chicken? (laughs) (laughs) That bear. You know, we think about the human stars and their needs for their green room, 
Well, this bear would only do his marks if he had Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, that is bad. Now, now, aren't we worried about a high cholesterol? <laughs> My I goodness. I think that bear could handle it, but it was only original <laughs> recipe, too. So oh. don't try to slide him in extra crispy. <laughs> only original recipe for Casey the bear, and then oh, he'd get his marks done right the first time. Very good. Now, are there any regs to riches stories of animals that maybe came from shelters or rescues that ended up in a major motion picture? You know, I love that question. I love that question because, you know, as we were exploring these stories and going behind the scenes with the trainers, asking them, where where do you get your your animal star? And, you know, so many of them, cats, dogs, even Hollyberry, the deer that has been iconic in so many uh, commercials and in, in film, so many of them are actually from rescues, shelters, wildlife sanctuaries where, you know, their uh, their mother or dad was killed and, and they were abandoned and they needed to find, uh, you know, a place to live out their life, a forever loving home. Some of these cats and dogs are from, you know, uh, Traditional sh- animal shelters where mm-hmm. they were would be a can you know up in line for euthanasia. Wow! So what I love is that so many of these only in America would it happen that a dog sitting uh, at an animal shelter would be rescued and would end up on uh, some of the top movies and film and entertainment. And there's so many great stories about these dogs and these cats in these books and a deer uh, that are all (laughs) second-chance stories, second-chance at life, and they become movie stars. I love that. And what it really shows everybody is that animals and shelters and rescues really are just as good as any animal anywhere, and you shouldn't turn your nose up at them because they're diamonds in the rough. Your next, your own personal movie star could be right in a shelter right near you. And, Absolutely. Uh, and I look at all the YouTube videos of people sharing their uh, personal cats and dogs and, you know, the funny <laughs> scenes. And they themselves are film stars. So yeah. uh, we all have them uh, and so much love. What I also love about this book, Tune, are the tips. You know, so many of us that have animals in our lives, we're always looking for more ideas on how we can interact with them how we can, uh, you know, uh, help train them in, in certain behaviors. And the some of the world-class animal trainers that participate in this book project actually provide some of their insights, their insight oh, nice. tips, okay. which is very helpful. Um, you know, especially ones, I love the ones from, you know, Omar, who trained the famous dog, Uggy, and uh, he gives some great tips uh, about how to work with dogs. Oh, outstanding. Hey, did you ever come across an animal that might be a diva, for lack of a better term? I have to tell you, uh, I think the diva was Casey the bear. But there's, because, you know, any, you know, animal that wouldn't work for anything but KFC, <laughs> he has a little bit of a diva tendency, right? <laughs> but, you know, I also have to tell you what really impacted me was uh, the the behaviors around Kitty, the snake star. So this is that Burmese python. Snakes always make me a little nervous. I was a little <laughs> nervous reading about the cobra that was running loose in Ooh, L.A. Yeah, that was scary. Yeah, that kind of bothered me a little bit. But, um, you know, Kitty uh, is very interesting. So, you know, I asked, I asked uh, that wonderful trainer, uh, Jules Sylvester, you know, how do you train Kitty, what kind of diva behaviors are with Kitty? You know, she's so famous. And he basically said, 
you don't train snakes. You train the humans to stay far away. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. I do always wonder about unusual animals that you don't necessarily think of as individuals that can be trained, how they get them to perform on cue. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. That's a challenge for sure. It, it is. And uh, these trainers, though, have such close, close bonds. Um, you know, one of the iconic uh, animals that we all know and love that been seen in like 40 or, you know, more than that motion pictures is Crystal the Capuchin. You know, we know her and love her from, gosh, not at the museum. Oh, she's yeah. done so much uh, in terms of her movies. I mean, she's been, been everywhere. Uh, with Crystal, oh, she's also in The Hangover. People really know her from The Hangover. <laughs> but, you know, with Crystal, you know, Tom Gunderson, who's her long-term trainer, um, Crystal actually lives with his family. And so he's got a couple of children, and he has Crystal. And wow. uh, so they, they do have an incredibly powerful bond. He knows Crystal better than better than anyone could, and Crystal knows Tom and is just part of that family. That is so cool. Robin, I know you have a big book signing coming up. Can you tell me where that's going to be and what the hours are so that our listeners can stop by and get an autographed copy? Oh, it'd be wonderful. We're going to be at the Urban Pet uh, Shop right in, in Beverly Hills. It's going to be October 1. It'll be 6 to 8.30. In the evening or the morning? In the evening. Oh, most definitely. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> definitely in the evening. Okay. And, Marie, we're going to have an animal star there. So not only will you get a, a wonderful signed copy of the book, but you get your photo taken with an incredibly beautiful animal star. Do we know who that is? going to be a surprise, Ooh. but it's four legs and a tail. <laughs> Is there a website with all this information? Yes. Uh, folks can visit animalstarsbook.com for events, uh, the uh, book tour, and of course all the great reviews from from wonderful celebrities and veterinarians and uh, uh, folks in the industry have stepped up and said this has been a, an incredible project and they've just loved it. I think Jiggy gave us two paws up. Dr. Temple Grandin gave us an incredible endorsement for this book. And uh, the famous veterinarian, Dr. Jim Petty, said Animal Stars gets five stars with a rating of G for great. How much fun is that? It's tremendous fun. Thank you so much, Robin. And I appreciate all your time to come to the show today. Thank you, Marie, for having me. We need to take one last break now, but don't go away because we'll be right back with Pet Place News and Events here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Mark your calendars for September 27th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. for the 19th annual Wagon Walk at the Seal Beach Pier. Bring your two- and four-legged friends to stroll through Seal Beach and enjoy an animal expo with fun for the entire family. Join Grand Marshal Justin Rudd and his bulldog POTUS in supporting the animals in residence at the Seal Beach Animal Care Center. For more information, visit www.sbacc.org slash wag. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org to send us your comments or suggestions for the show and see what other fun animal-related activities there are on the Pet Place calendar. You can also visit us on Facebook, 
just add backslash Pet Place Radio after Facebook.com. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please stay or new to your pets and have a wonderful day. Thank you.